Hello everyone and welcome to the Mac and Forth Show. My name's Carl Madden and we are here once again to talk about all things Apple and things Apple related and maybe some TV stuff. You never know. Join me as ever. First up, Matt Barton. How are you, sir? Hello. Yep, I'm fine, mate. Um, obviously, back to being on the show after being away. Obviously, because we didn't do last week and then I was otherwise in, you know, I had other things on the week before, unfortunately, so I couldn't make that one, which I have listened to, uh, where I generally got the piss taken out of me through most of the show. Well, if you won't show up, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I mean, Rick's not here tonight, so, you know, let rip. <laughs> uh, also joining us this week, Barry Gentleman, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm fine, mate. I'm fine, mate. Uh, now, so Rick goes into a pub. Uh-huh. And, no, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. Oh, I'm save it. There. Save it. Stop. And also, hopefully, joining us all the way from South Wales, there, Mark Chapel from Essential Mac, and or is it Essential Apple now? Uh, it hasn't changed over yet, but I'm uh, guessing it will be now. You drop the bombshell. Uh, well, you didn't tell me it was a secret. <laughs> no, 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 that's true. It just don't go to the website yet because it's very, very much in a beta slash what the hell is going on with WordPress slash I hate Media Temple since they got bought out by GoDaddy hash other conspiracy theories are available. Oh, I see. And I would say rampant mumblings as well, but there hasn't been one in an age. No, um, that's probably because it's slightly due to the technical issues I've been having today and I haven't quite completed the migration from my ailing iMac to my now ailing MacBook Mini. Not MacBook Mini, uh, Mac Mini. I want to see a MacBook Mini now. It's a Mac. It's the new Mac because of the MacBook One. That's the or MacBook the Mini, yeah. Yeah, well, just one the size of a paperback would be quite cool. Anyway, anyway, before we get on with things, let's go and check in with Missy for her news roundup. Let's mount up. <laughs> Apple has rejected an application that uses the new 3D touchscreen as weighing scales. This is such a shame, as there are obviously countless situations this could be used for, such as, uh, well, um, oh wait, I have one. When Madden sits on his phone while in his pocket, Siri could scream, hey, less pies, fatty. Apple has reportedly declined an offer made by the British singer-songwriter Adele to stock her newest album, 25, in Apple retail stores. A spokesperson for the company is reported to have said, quote, if we wanted customers to feel sad, depressed, and morose, we could just direct them to a Microsoft store. Aaron Sorkin, the writer of the recent movie Steve Jobs, wanted to originally call the movie One More Thing. Maybe judging by how the biopic has recently fared at the box office, it might have been more appropriate to have called it Please, Please, Please Come and Watch This Movie, Pretty Please, or Star Wars 7. It's been reported that Apple has secretly pushed a Maps indoors service to venue owners of high-traffic venues. This may be a little concerning considering the less-than-stellar success Apple has had with mapping in the past. Maybe you'll be better off asking for directions to the nearest toilets rather than trusting Apple. There we go once again. A lovely Missy there with her news roundup. Thank you very much, Missy. So... Let's, what should we talk about, I wonder? What's come out that we could possibly, possibly talk about? Oh, I know what we'll do first. Barry, you got a new machine. A big I don't machine. What are you talking about? You little fibber. So you <laughs> went and splurged lots and, well, a fair amount of dosh on a brand new iMac 27 inch 5K monstrosity. And I did. 
You can hear the envoy in Carl's voice, can't you? <laughs> no, I'm keeping it in check. I'm holding it all inside. I could explode later again. And when I had my old um, my old camera for for the uh, uh, for the Skype call, I could have actually turned it around and shown you. But now I'm using my integral camera that I have in my new. 5K 27-inch Redner iMac. <laughs> God, dear. So, um, impressions? No, don't do an impression. What are your impressions? Uh, loving it so far. I'm loving uh, it. Ask, ask McDonald's, dude. You can't I use that. It's all right. <laughs> um, screens, obviously, the side before I had like a 20, I only had like a 22-inch monitor there. So, the, it, the, the screen's bigger. Um, the, the difference in, obviously, the processor upgrades and everything from my... Um, sort of three-year-old uh, Mac Mini has meant that everything's just faster and there. And I did, I did do the uh, the Alex Fox thing. I did open up all my apps, and it still sat there chugging away. Nice. Going, I don't know what your problem is, mate. It's nothing so, in it. It's nothing. 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 Uh, have you managed? To, have you found anything to try the 4K with yet? Uh, only the, the you sent me a couple of videos from your phone, and they were they were very impressive. Um, and I, I actually use the Mac migration tool to move all my gear from my, my Mac. Because I looked at how many apps I had and I thought I could I could try and hunt down all my serial numbers and try and find all the DMGs and, oh, God. But look, there's a Mac, Mac Assistant migration tool. I'll try that. And for the most part, oh. 97% successful. Do you know, I only, I only ever see that mentioned in tweets when it's gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, see, well, it's great. I use it all the time. Yeah, but I, again, people only complain, and, you know, today they complain on Twitter, or they whine and bitch and moan on Twitter, I should say. And that's the only time I ever see it, when it's yeah, being bad The only thing you've got to remember with it is don't use it if you have FireVault set up. If you have, turn off FireVault first. Yeah, because it'll encrypt it, it will screw it. Yeah, because you can't encrypt it and... Yeah. Oh, uh, so, Simon's so, saying Mac migration tool is a bloody wonder. <laughs> so, <laughs> he obviously likes it. Yeah, I wonder if it bloody works. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so no, I, I was I was really impressed. I think I had um, two two games, two App Store games that, that failed, um, and one that was a bit a bit concerning was my photos didn't migrate. Oh, dear. But um, because the, the way I do my photos is I don't. I don't fully, fully hand myself over to Apple in that respect. I tend to uh, have it all neatly tucked away in ordered folders on the NAS somewhere. That's it. This is your PC hang-up, isn't it? Still. It is. <laughs> you won't let go. I will not let go of my file system, damn it. Never. One word of advice, Baz, don't look at any old pictures on your 5K iMac. Because when they go full screen and you see these old pictures, and you look at them and you just cringe even more because of how bad the pictures are. Uh, it doesn't, I don't think I'll, I'll be um, affected too much by that because I was quite a grainy youth. <laughs> <laughs> and slightly out of focus. <laughs> actually, yeah, it's true, actually, because my, my nan's no longer here with me. I'm, I've got some phone, uh, picked phone photos of her when she was around, and, yeah, they're not the best quality, unfortunately. Fortunately, you know, I can still get the, the emotion and the feeling from looking at those photos, but, yeah, they're not they're not like DSLR things and... Uh, See, if only we knew someone in the industry that could actually possibly clean them up and kind of Oh, yeah, actually... it's not a case of... It's just, uh, you know, the technology at the time wasn't that good. I mean, it, 
you know, uh, there's there's there was a swath of cameras that came out cheap and cheerful cameras not the high-end stuff that if you you know taken photos with them they wouldn't be look good now either you know if you bought a, a polaroid camera in the 70s they look like crap but uh it's just the way technology moves so at least today you know you can take a photo of someone and they should be relatively okay i mean they're still not going to be as good as high-end cameras they never will be probably you know but um because one will always stay a, a step ahead of the other but at least they're of a quality now that at least you can put them onto a four k screen and they still look good mm. as long as you like don't put your finger over the lens or anything like that <clears throat> i was drunk anyway <laughs> <clears throat> so of course the other thing we got on friday new apple tv it's only three years in the making since the last one we can now finally stop listening to people who review apple uh, sorry fire tv and roku and say well at least it's better than the apple tv because it's now got a modern brother thank god for that so who went out and bought one or got one i should say uh-huh yeah yep hey excellent everyone's you're doing your job this week well done sir right so of course we didn't all just nod as well yeah exactly well done it helps in an audio show so yes of course the new apple tv it's a a nice little chubby chubby box like two old apple TVs stacked on top of each other uh doesn't do 4k a lot of like um lip service has been done to the fact it doesn't do 4k do do we do we reckon that's going to be a mistake I think it's going to be a two-yearly release, and I think, that, from what I understand, there's no ratified standard for 4K yet. And I think until that sort of all leveled out, in you know, Apple never do something for the sake of doing it. Say, me too, me too. They wait, see what happens, and then they'll implement something. And plus, I think it'll be a two-yearly release cycle as well, because with it being I think Apple's unofficial gaming platform, they'll sort of like say, oh, well, we've now managed to change the manufacturing process, miniaturize the chip, make things faster. Uh, and so people will upgrade just um, just because of that as well. Yeah, I mean, you could be cynical and look at it. Well, I haven't put a 4K in it this time because they want you to buy another one in one or two years' time. Um you know, you can be cynical if you want to look at it like that. But like you say, uh, 4K adoption is growing. Uh, there is more content out there than there used to be, fortunately, if you've gone 4K. Um, I haven't yet, so it doesn't affect me in the slightest. I'm, I'm not missing 4K. If the Apple TV had had 4K, that might have inspired me to go and get a 4K set, I've got to be honest. Uh, but as things stand at the moment, I can now make do with my old 1080p for another few years, it seems. <clears throat> the other thing as well, it's like the key thing here is content. I mean, it's all well being very well future-proof. But I think people are still a little bit bitter about when this whole 3D revolution was supposed to be coming uh, coming out. And, you know, we're just coming off the back of that. And a lot of people have spent, you know, a substantial amount of money on TV, you know, 3D TVs that are... More or less obsolete, I would say, in well, many, many ways. Yeah, but a lot of things now they're doing with uh, 3D, because um, basically a lot of sets now come out, and it's just got 3D in it, because it's just a, a cheap chip now compared to how it used to be. Um, so you can have two different sets of glasses, like you can have the active glasses or the passive glasses and stuff. But it it's definitely wasn't the thing that the TV industry was hoping it would be. Um, I think 4K's got more of a shot than 3D TV ever had. But anyway, let's move on to the actual box itself. Um, so straight out of the box, packaging was lovely, as you always expect from Apple. Just um, power supply on the back, uh, hook it up to Ethernet if you so wish, or just just leave it at that. Really, HDMI cable slots in. 
You have to get your own HDMI cable. It doesn't come with one. Uh, and that's it. And then if you've got an iOS device, you can just <laughs> tap it or hold it near to the Apple TV and it transfers all your passwords, uh, your Apple ID and, and Wi-Fi passwords and stuff over to it. So you're ready to go straight away. Um, I, I read on Twitter again, a lot of people was having issues with this process, but not for me. It yep. works straight away. Yeah, see, mine was fine. Did you say no. you, you had issues, Mark? Why am I not oh, surprised? Yeah. What a surprise. He <laughs> said, oh, connected to your network, and he just stood there and went, failed. Oh, okay. So I've, I've, done, I've done the sensible thing like everybody should do. I think we should all just give up on wireless and go back to using good old-fashioned Ethernet so, or token ring. So what you're, telling us, what you're telling us, Mark, is it didn't work on the network that obviously is not affecting your Skype call at all again tonight or any other night that you come in from this location. <laughs> yeah, so it's all Apple's fault for not having built-in QoS and providing me with a flawless experience. I blame Apple. Right, okay. Mark, I have to say, you're the only person, obviously, in the last show, Andy was on, and he, his his pick was the the iCups, which was two <laughs> aluminum cups and a piece of string. Mark, you're the only person I know that would probably buy that, and it still wouldn't bloody work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, it'd probably be the thing I'd buy, and it'd be a significant improvement on the cool quality. Yeah. Oh, you'd probably get it and the, the string would snap, now, you? I don't know what you do to technology, dude, but it's where technology goes to die, your house, I think. Well, I, I'm on, well, the problem is I'm kind of like on my backup everything. So I'm on my backup router because of the lightning strikes a few months ago. <laughs> and kind of since then, I haven't sort of gone, oh, you know what? Uh, I'll go and buy some new tech. I hate buying modems because it's like, it's like trying oh, to... Do you have an Ethernet isolator unit? So if your house gets hit with lightning, it doesn't actually transfer the lightning across your Ethernet point and fry everything. Yes, which I've discovered after I got hit by lightning. <laughs> do you know, with your entire house, can you just not turn it all off and then back on again? I, I, well, fully enough, regularly, we have power cuts, so I've got a UPS yeah, now, which yeah. helps. So whether it wants to or not, <sighs> yes. And anyway. I give him, and this is no word of a line. We're going completely off topic here. But if I'm really? watching TV and I'm, I start browsing the internet on my phone, my freeview signal starts crapping out. <laughs> it will actually start going blocky. So to watch TV, I have to actually turn the Wi-Fi off on my phone. You do. Dude, know, you still need to move to civilization. Those signals are nowhere near each other. You do know that, don't you? Well, yeah, <laughs> one I know. should not affect the other. It's what I'm, I'm saying. But I'm telling you now, it was like I was there watching the rugby, and the second I started like googling on my phone, the signal went every single time. Oh dear. Anyway, <laughs> well, let, let's wait for the uh, the big the HomeKit big red reboot house button. <laughs> <laughs> Get it from Mark. Chip in together. So if right. anybody wants to join me on Patreon to make a donation. <sighs> no, no, no. God, dear, I was hacked massively. Anyway, so um, what should we talk about? Yes, yeah, so once you've got it all plugged up and it's actually working, so like 30 seconds for me, Matt and Barry, and 30 hours for you, Mark. Um, <laughs> Mark's still waiting. You, you basically got a nice little um, display, nice and clean, nice and crisp, with... NAFO on there, virtually. Um, so what did you have? You had basically uh, photos, uh, Apple Music, iTunes uh, TV, iTunes Films, my computers or computers, and there was another one. What's the f- App Store. App Store, of course. Yeah. App Store. And settings as well. Um, and that was it. So, so obviously, straight away, you head off to the App Store. <laughs> and 
you look around and you think, well, there's not much here, is there? <laughs> it's very hard to find things. So uh, they obviously had their selection of the stuff they wanted to promote straight out the uh, out the gate. And there were some fantastic little apps on there, i got to say. Many of them were ports, although they're not really ports because um, apparently, the although iOS is very close to TV OS, there's still quite a difference and you've still got to do quite a bit of work to get your, your app over onto the TV. So... You know, it's a bit just generous just saying they're ports or they're just adapt, you know, add-ons and things like this. It's a, a fair bit of work is is need to be undertaken by developers, and good luck to them because a lot of them have done some really fantastic work over there. Um, my my favourite app went on over well Monday, I think it was. Plex is finally on the Apple TV now. I mm. cannot tell you how happy I am to have this piece of software which originated from the Xbox Media Center when we hacked our old Xbox Ones and we put this thing called Xbox Media Center onto our Xboxes and it meant we could stream all of our our media, our TVs and things that we'd ripped from DVDs and stuff like that over the years. And the fact, you know, it, you could get it on the Apple TV too because you could jailbreak the Apple TV too and you could sort of go through some motionations and it would appear. Then the Apple TV 3 came out and closed off that avenue, but some very clever people worked out how to change the DNS pointing of the trailers app and, and you could get around it, but it was a bit of a kludge. But now, to have it natively, finally, on the Apple TV is just great. And the developers of the Plex app as well have said this is the platform they've always wanted to be on. And so they are very, very happy. Well, Plex so, started so- the actual the same time that Apple TV did. So when the first Apple TV came out, which was 2007, that's when Plex launched. And they've, they've wanted to be on the Apple TV ever since. Hmm. So I'm just, just going to say, how about a round of applause for Plex developers? <laughs> Now, I did, I did have someone um, uh, ask me what Plex was, and I just want to quickly uh, describe what Wait Plex was. Wait 10 minutes, was. you'll get Mark clapping in a minute. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so Plex is basically a, a, a server piece of software that just sits on a computer somewhere, and all it does is it goes out, you tell it where your media is stored in various folders around, you know, on your, on your hard drives and things like that, and it pulls them in, and you tell them if it's a movie, if it's TV shows, or it works out if they're music, or photos, and it takes all these things, pulls it into its system, catalogs them, adds metadata, and then it sits there waiting to push it out to a player. And as you can get players on your phone, you can get players on a Roku, on the Fire, and now on the Apple TV as well. And also what it means is you do not have to be in your home to get your media. Because you can be in, you know, we're in the UK, so we can be on the other side of the planet, in Australia, and we can still get back to our content on our server back home, as long as it's left on, of course. And it's... It's fantastic. It's in Iceland. Yeah, so if you've ripped a load of media for yourself over the years, you know, because you wanted to back up, you can get access to it from a push of a button, and that's what makes it so so lovely to use. And the fact it adds all the metadata, like all the TV program posters or the movie posters, it just looks stunning. It's fantastic, and it's it's a worthy addition to the Apple TV. It really does make the Apple TV so much more than it was originally. And I think that's what we're going to get moving forward. As these developers work out how to use this new device and this new OS, we're going to get some fantastic apps. And like I say, some already exist. That's one of the things I was quite surprised with. On launch day, there was quite a lot of apps there already. Yeah, there was, there was you know, The search bit was a bit of a nightmare because you had yeah. to physically put in what it was in order to do it. You had to, yeah, but there was a lot of apps already there for as soon as you fired it up. 
See, this is one of the current issues. Discoverability is is awful at the moment. Because mm. um, when it was launched, they obviously didn't know what the top grossing games were, what the top grossing, <laughs> what the most popular games were and stuff. So they've had to wait for it to collect a bit of data before they can push that out. Now, I started seeing last night in the States anyway, on their app store, they're starting to see top grossing, top selling, you know, top three games, top selling games. But I'm still not seeing that on my my system here in the UK. So I don't know if they've pushed that out globally or it's just a US thing. On the back end of, because uh, I'm a affiliate with Apple and I go through like a third party, there is several things you can do to generate RSS feeds. And so far, there's nothing on there for tvOS, which is a little bit surprising. Oh, oh no, they're doing something on it, which yeah, is good. Yeah, it's being worked I've... on at the moment. Same as the podcast app is actually in process point at the moment for launch in the only... next few days. Last week, you couldn't pull an RSS feed or uh, for Mac apps, and it looks like they've replaced that. I'm just going to go into the link maker now and see what categories we've got here. Don't do it. It means you have to turn it on, and at the minute, your signal's not too bad. Yeah. I'm not going to move. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, no, just having a quick look in the affiliate section for those who do um, who are like an Apple affiliate. So far, they haven't updated it, but I've got a feeling that this affiliate backend is a little bit bugged anyway. Yeah, I mean, they are, they are obviously going to have to change it, and they've already changed it in the States. It just hasn't migrated over to the UK yet. So um, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, I'm seeing, unlike on iOS, where it just seems to update once a week, the App Store, like what's popular and things like that, I'm featured, I should say, and on, on the Mac app store. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really seeing like Now TV on my screen, and that wasn't there yesterday. So they're obviously updating it as they go yeah, along. It's a live update at the moment. It's, yeah. it's kind of being processed and pushed through. Yeah, so it's... Obviously, it, that will start to slow down over time, but at the moment, yeah, as new things are coming through, uh, I think pod, you guys, I don't think you guys can see the podcast app yet, can you? No, it's not been pushed out, was, podcast app. Yeah, so Because I've got because I've got a dev one here as well, um, because I've been using that on the dev side of it for a while, um, we've got it in that. So it's in the dev point at the moment. I don't think it's ported across yet. Well, of course, they released to the developers um, uh, tvOS, was it 9.1? Uh, just the other day as well. So there's some yeah. new updates in there. Um, we have no idea when we're going to get that general public but they're obviously working on it and obviously keen to push it out and and that's good like i say it's shaping up straight out the gate it's a very strong contender and i can only see it getting better because as i've said time and time again with the app with the watch and all other things it's the developers it's the apple developers that make their platform so strong you know uh, the fire the fire tv and the roku they've had apps for ages and they've got some you know they've got some companies who big companies who have done apps for them but they don't really seem to keep up on, you know, it was when it came out, it was a big thing that the Fire TV's got apps and stuff, but it sort of fell by the wayside. And, you know, last time I looked, there wasn't much new stuff in there. Um, but, you know, Apple TV and Apple developers, this seems to be um, an opportunity for them to earn lots of money again because they're not sticking with the pricing format of iOS, it seems. It's not a race to the bottom currently anyway. That could change in the coming months. So you've got games on there do, who I think it's Beat Sports. It's, it's like seven ninety nine. So some developers can actually make some real money from it. Um, Alex's point like, reminded me, he, he pointed out an app, an app to me yesterday as well, which again, is the discoverability. There's nothing, he can't send me a link, he can't do anything. All he can do is mention this TV app that's out there and uh, I go and find it and, and sure enough, if I search for it, it comes up and it's a TV player. So what TV player is, is it's basically just streaming all our terrestrial channels like the BBC ITV Channel 4 to my Apple TV. 
Now, what was I, that called? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, exactly. So it's just called TV Player. TV Player. And uh, it works one, you know, it takes a second to calm down because it's all blocky to begin with, literally a second to calm down. And then it's fine. And for the first time in, I have no idea, in this room here, in this house, I can watch terrestrial telly. Not that I particularly want to watch terrestrial telly because I've not found one thing on it yet that I want to watch. But, you know, it's a nice option. Well, you so, wait for Ant and Dex takeaway. Well, <laughs> wait for the weekend. Great. So at least I'll be able to see Doctor Who live, you know, so that'll be a good one. Um, the Uspide TV license. Yeah, exactly. Um, Barry, anything? What have you discovered on your, yours that's caught your fancy? Uh, so again, the first thing I did was there was an app called um, Simplex. Or oh. Simplex. And that was, um, that, 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 you know, went off and, and found my um, found my library. But then when the, yeah, when the Plex app appeared, that was straight up, you know, straight away downloaded, logged in, and I, it found all the remote servers and everything that I was used to talking to. I do, I do feel a bit sorry for um, Simplex. I f- yeah, Simplex basically because they were there, they were charging a bit of money for their app. Granted, you know why not? Uh, but now I can't see many people stick with Simplex when the real Plex is out. Like, well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? We all kind of went and bought Simplex the day. Yeah, exactly. Launched. I'm sure they made a, a nice little penny. I think it was in the top grossing um, app chart in the States for a little while, but, you know. Because so, I was out, because I got an email from Plex. It must have been Monday evening, just saying that they'd actually launched the Plex app for Apple TV, and I was out at the time. Um, and the first thing I did when I got back home was jump on and actually just download it. Hmm. I've got a question from uh, Gordie in in the chat room. Question: Does it store movies in its memory, or does it lean heavily on streaming? My broadband is painfully slow. I think it depends. Obviously, it's a streaming box, so if you it caches basically. Yeah. So if you if you're getting a movie from if you've bought a movie from iTunes, for example, it's I think it is going to try and download the whole thing, so you've got it there yeah. until it needs to like dump that out of its memory because you've got too many apps. So depending how big. Like if you've got a 32 gig version or a 64 gig version, it will depend how long it holds it for. I just have a question. What size did you guys go for? 64. 64. 64? No, it's the wrong one. <laughs> What'd you say, Mark? 32. Oh, well, there's always one. <laughs> well, I mean, let's face it. With how fast my broadband goes, I'm never exactly going to fill it up. And uh, I'm having faith with Apple that this whole app slimming thing is going to actually work. Mark, for you, I'd have said go for this. I'd have bought the 64 just so it will actually cache whatever you want to come down and store it so you're not trying to stream it on top because your signal at the moment it's crap. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, one of the other issues as well, of course, if there's, there's no remote app as yet, obviously, because I think I remember reading in the past it was like one person at Apple working on the remote app. So obviously he's had a holiday and he can't, he's not there to fix it. But then again, I'm, I started thinking of all the new function, functionality in this new remote like with Siri built in That's and stuff. That's the problem with it. Yeah, I mean, how much really can the, the remote app copy this? I mean, okay, technically it could, because she's not going to be able to send Siri over, because you can't send Siri over anything as far as I'm aware. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. But Not with the current version. No. But that can be upgraded, obviously, through an, uh, basically an, an iOS update. Okay. So that can be done through an Apple TV update point from there. Um, but yeah, that's the problem. That's why the remote app hasn't been upgraded yet because they are trying to kind of incorporate, in essence, incorporate everything within the new 
actual remote into it in that sense and there's a lot of stuff in that new remote that it does need to cross over because the whole thing's a motion sensor like you know it's got yeah. motion sensors all over it so you can play like fire in a galaxy or fire in a galaxy or something and this is your controller this is how you control your spaceship just i like also this. think with the new remote app i think for the full or when they try and or as near as possible to all the features that you've got in the current new actual remote app that comes with the apple tv I think you might end up needing at least an iPhone 6 as well to do it, possibly even the 6S. Well, we'll wait and see. Of course, uh, they haven't supported Bluetooth keyboards either yet. Uh, and the point of all this is it makes it very tricky to put in passwords or emails because you have to. Get, there's a big long line of text and you have to scroll up and down, you know, pecking at the characters that you want to put in, which is, you know, okay if you've got a simple password but if you've got one of these complex ones that like keychain gives you or one pers- password gives you it can be a bit of a nightmare um there are some shortcuts that you can use like if you're in lowercase you can just hold your thumb down on the clicker and it will pop up a little menu and you can select either erase or the uppercase version or you know the things with the little dots and stuff on the top which i've forgotten the name of currently but uh so it is there are some tricks you can use to uh, get around the fact that this is a terrible interface at the moment. But what can you do about it? I mean, you know. It's I mean, also, you've got the recently used as well. So yes. that can be handy as well. So once you've entered in non-security information, so things like your email and stuff like this, you'll get an option that says recent. And if you go into that, it will list all the various emails or, or passwords, not passwords, but anything other than a password that you've recently entered. So you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole once again which is nice. Um, There's also um, one nice little feature that people might be interested in. Um, is if you go into settings, audio and video, you, there's an option there which I think is sort of, you could sort of describe as normalization uh, and it's called reduced loud sounds. Uh, yes. and I only mentioned this because when I was in the pub the other night, we were having a conversation about why is it a TV program? Is it one volume? And then the adverts... You know, ramp up the volume afterwards, which is an old byproduct of analog TV. Um, just in case anyone's bored enough to know, want to know that. If you turn that on, it levels everything out quite nicely as well. So that's a nice little handy feature in there. Yeah. So what? Yeah, it reduces the the, the the sorry the dynamic range. So if you've got a character who's whispering and there's suddenly a loud explosion, it brings them more sort of balances. Yeah, balances. So you haven't got you won't have to wake your neighbours late at night anyway um also on the remote you can set it up so you can program it to recognize the volume controls for your infrared remote for your tv or your amplifier which is nice so literally i only need this little remote now have you tried the siri search siri search yes so again siri search if you just tell it uh show me arnold schwarzenegger films it lists all the schwarzenegger films so if you ask it for something specific it will then go out and look and say this is on itunes this is also on netflix or if you own it it says you own it unfortunately it doesn't scan your um your computer library so your itunes library it doesn't scan it at the moment i don't know if they're ever going to be able to fix that because okay if you're like ocd in this matter like me i name everything properly like conventions everything properly so it'll be i don't know star wars 1977 for example but a lot of people don't do that they do star dash underscore war that you know it could be a right mess i'm looking at you barry i've seen your library naming so i was gonna say those people deserve not to have their searches exactly, done properly. exactly so it, it doesn't work unfortunately um now the other thing I, you know, when they when they did it on the stage, I thought, yeah, whatever, okay, that sounds nice. Was of course screensavers. 
Now, <laughs> I'm not sure what Apple's trying to do here, because are they trying to tempt us to leave our TVs on and destroy the, <laughs> the ecosystem of the planet? Because the screensavers are stunning. There's not, you know, I've, people have walked in a room where one of these screensavers have been running and they've just stopped and looked at the telly because they're like slow pans or slow zooms on, over these like wonderful places on the planet. And my, my favorite one is still London, where it starts at the Shard and it goes down the Thames. And you think, oh, that looks so good. It's, they're, just, they're just stunning. Um, but of course, shouldn't my TV be in off mode at that point? But I'm not sure. I just leave them on. Well, well this is another bugbearer of the uh, the Apple TV one that's missing, is that it hasn't got optical out. So if you wanted yes. to listen to music going for an amplifier, you can on this current version. But I'm guessing it's all they're saying, well, now... You could just like airplay your music from the Apple TV, I would imagine. Yeah, so the, that's right. That's the way they're encouraging you to do it. Use um, have an airplay thing attached to your amp, and I've got a HDMI amp, and a lot of HDMI, a lot of amps now they have HDMI cable uh, plugs in them, so that's kind of fixes that problem. One of the other issues is <clears throat> you obviously hook up Bluetooth headphones to it as well, and if you've ever tried to use Bluetooth headphones while you're watching a movie you discover one thing that they're not very good at, and that is because there is lag, there's latency involved, because Bluetooth isn't very fast. Now, I don't know what the Apple TV is doing. It's obviously delaying something because the, the audio syncs up perfectly with the video. I've never seen that across a Bluetooth device when it comes to video and sound before. This is the first time I've ever seen it. Um, I know... Uh, Roku did it. Stop buying cheap Bluetooth headphones because no, no. they're fine for me. Well, not really. I know the Roku did it because you could plug your earphones into the remote, and that kind of did the same thing. But this is just like Bluetooth headphones, and and these are the cheap. Well, I guess they cheap and nasty, but they're not nasty. These are the Bluedio ones that we recommended some time ago, um, and they work perfectly fine. It's it's astounding. Awesome. I'm very surprised that for things like um, for Plex on the Apple TV and like Netflix, the the, the passwords aren't, or, or at least the usernames aren't synchronized in the cloud. If you log in, I would have thought it goes completely against the grain that you have a new device, and then all of a sudden you've got to go through the whole rigmarole of usernames and passwords. Mm, yeah, well, there's no keychain on it currently, is there? So they're all separate. It's a separate entity still at the moment, which gives you the idea, did Apple rush this out? I know it's very late, but did they rush it out because they had to meet a deadline? Because it was literally the last day of the month, wasn't it, when they said it would be available? Um, <clears throat> so, but who knows? I mean, you know, that's I've got to imagine that's a software update. So who knows what they could push out in future? See, what you've got to remember, Apple always put, in essence, everything that Apple launches comes out on, like in essence, like a base model system, doesn't it? And then it develops and upgrades and becomes the device that we can never live without from that point. <laughs> now, of course, another thing that came out is obviously the games, and I went and got myself a a, a Nimbus Steel, was it, a controller as well, um, which is my pick this week, actually, my uh, worth a tweet. And so these games like Asphalt 8 and Beach Buggy Rally, or, or something I think it's called, they are, they are just fantastic to play on the Apple TV. I mean, I'm literally coming out from something I've just watched, like if I've watched a TV show, I come out, I play a few, uh, like half an hour of Asphalt As 8, and I go back to watching TV. Basically, what I'm saying is since I've got the Apple TV, I haven't turned it off when I'm at home because it's always on, uh, unless I'm asleep. It is, I am just so... And then when he's pleased. not there, the screensavers are on. 
I am just so pleased with this box. And, uh, you know, I know in reality it's not doing any that much different from what the Fire TV did when it was launched. But I don't know. There's just something, the presentation or the feeling you get as you use it, because there's lots of like little Apple-esque type things that they've got in it. Like when you hover over the uh, icons and stuff there, they sort of move. They're sort of like 3D buttons, like some of the newer movies and some of the apps. So... What is it? Parallax view? It's like a parallax view. It's it's very hard to describe, but it looks fantastic on the TV. It's very clean. Some people say it's very, very simple, but I don't agree with that. I just think it's very clean and it looks lovely. Um, You know, I've got to wonder when I've got like 50 apps on here, what my TV is going to look like, because I'll be scrolling up and down trying to find them. But of course, you can tell. You can just talk into your remote. That's it by then. Yeah, you just say on your remote. Yeah, what you want to launch, and it will launch on your on your screen as well. It's 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 fantastic. It's a lovely piece of kit, and I know they're very late to the market because there's other companies out there who've done very much similar things. But again, I've watched what these other companies have done, and they've done their 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 thing based on it, copied it, if you will. You can use that term. I don't mind. Uh, and they've produced a wonderful little product. And, you know, I'm sure when Alex <laughs> finally gets his one on Monday, he's going to love it as well. And what I'm thinking, thank God, is I'm definitely going to get one of these for my dad because I've, I've, over years I've bought him various boxes and he sort of looks at me every time I set up a new one like, oh, I've got to learn something else. Because there's never been one box to rule them all. He doesn't use Amazon Prime, so he's not going to miss the fact that there's no Amazon Prime box yet. Uh, apps yet, I should say. Um, but he's going to use everything else. He's going to use Plex. He's going to use the stuff on his own machine. Uh, and I think it'll be perfect for him. He won't see some of the shortcomings on it because he's just an average user. He's not going into trying to do you know, multiple Gamer Center accounts or profile accounts or things like this he just wants to flick around watch something and go away and and now he won't even have to peck and look for what he wants to watch because he can just tell the remote you know show me pff, i don't know arrow or something and he'll be happy. Is, is there a risk of of you being conflicted by your by two types of apple tech though because you're going to be sitting there you're watching your film you come out you play your game apple apple watch says time to stand up and you go no <laughs> you can dismiss playing. it now with the new version. <laughs> there are you can dismiss it for the day. Yes, you can. That's right. You can. You can. I've done that a few times on the weekend. But uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but there are some apps as well that use it. There's a, there's, a, there's a fitness app that will use your watch and it will display your heartbeat as you're doing the, the manoeuvres on that is showing you. Okay, I'm going to have to ask then, did you get the yoga one? Yeah, it's not yoga. 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 There is, there's a yoga one that does it as well. No, this, is, where, this is Zova. It so brings your heartbeat up on it as you kind of do it, and it tracks your movement with the watch at the same yeah. time. Thank God no one can see what I'm doing in my own bedroom. Anyway, at the moment, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, no, on the whole, on the whole, I think it's a wonderful little box. And now if you're into Sky, like I say, they've got Now TV on there as well. Um, basically, iPlayer's been announced that it's going to be coming later in the year or early next year as well. So that just leaves to make it the box to rule them all. If Prime, If Amazon bring out a Prime player... You know, okay. Granted, you'll never be able to buy their movies because they don't want Apple to have their thirty percent cut, which is fair enough. I don't. I've got no quarrel with that. But the fact that if they don't bring out a player, you know, just like they've taken the Apple TVs and the Chromecasts off their their store or their online store, which I think is crazy. Um, uh, will they be sending a signal? That will be sending a signal. In fact, if they refuse to do an app for this for this platform. So that, I think they'd be silly if they did. If they do yeah, refuse, but, you know, I think it's silly what they've done taking the. the players off well, yeah but it's their company <laughs> they can do what they want anyway any any final 
words on anything you want to say about the Apple TV before we move on to uh, to encourage people to go out, rush out and buy one or not buy one? It's, it's amazing. Boy, go it? and buy it now. Hey, Mark, you want to wait a minute because your your sound's completely crapping out at the moment. What do you say, Matt? Uh, just the yeah, great device. Go and get one and get it now. Get it as soon as possible. You'll actually wish that you actually went out and bought one at the weekend. Yes, exactly. Barry, I, I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. And I, so the the I've downloaded it. I took a took a punt, and there was a game called Qist, like a pool pool game. All right. And um, it's a, it's quite funky to control with the with the remotes. I'm still getting my head around that, but they've made made very good use of the track the tracking uh, trackpad on the remote. And um, but the, the the graphics are really slick, really nice, and the physics of the the game is really good. How do, you, how do you shoot the cue? Do you flick your thumb or something? You 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 click on the um, uh, click on the trackpad, but I haven't I haven't yet worked out because I I did what I did what any bloke would do. Instructions? No, no. I'm not reading no, those. No, no. I how disappointed would you have been if you'd have bought that app called the Qist and when you fired it up, it was just a line of people and you were in a queue just moving <laughs> back of someone's head. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Mark, are you are you back yet, Mark? Hello? No, you're not. No, he's not. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> yes, don't swear, Mark. Right then, so that's, that's, our, that's our little um, chat about the Apple TV. Highly impressed. If, you, if you've got the funds, I really do recommend going out and getting yourself one because uh, they are wonderful. And if you haven't got Plex, I definitely suggest you look into getting Plex because it's a wonderful little addition to your, to your software and, and your server and your PC or Mac, I should say. Right then, so... On to something more serious. Oh dear, I can't believe this. The UK government has published a draft document outlining how it wants to spy on digital communications. The 299-page investigatory powers bill was unveiled by Home, uh, sorry, Home Office Minister Theresa May at the House of Parliament in London today. So, what is this bill, we have to ask? Well, let's go and head over and listen to her, shall we? This bill will govern all of the powers available to law enforcement, the security and intelligence agencies and the armed forces to acquire the content of communications or communications data. These include the ability to retain and acquire communications data, to be used as evidence in court and to advance investigations, the ability to intercept the contents of communications in order to acquire sensitive intelligence to tackle terrorist plots and serious and organised crimes, the use of equipment interference powers to obtain data covertly from computers, and the use of these powers by the security and intelligence agencies in bulk to identify the most serious threats to the UK from overseas and to rapidly establish links between suspects in the UK. Right. <laughs> now, there's some, some things in there are a little bit concerning. Um, the, the fact that some? bugging, bugging <laughs> was, you know, it sort of flew past there, the fact that they're going to listen into your devices and stuff like that. Yeah. Mind you, I also like the way, the example she used about why they should have these things. It cannot be right that today the police could find an abducted child if the suspects were using mobile phones to coordinate their crime, but if they were using social media or communications apps, then they would be out of reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Su yeah, yeah. Such an approach defies all logic and ignores the realities of today's digital age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this bill will also allow the police to identify which communication services a personal device has connected to, so-called internet connection records. Right, so are we to believe the old bogeyman? Now, if you've got a child, that is obviously said to play on your worst fears, to make you scared, 
to make you malleable to, you know, to think, oh, yeah, bloody right. Why can't they do that? The problem is, are we seriously su- suggesting that kidnappers are going to use Twitter and Facebook to plan these to plan these abduction things? Yeah, they're all joining these paedophile groups on the on, uh, Facebook, aren't they? Yeah, fantastic, isn't it? Unbelievable. Oh, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just the government just not understanding technology that, okay, they're going for like the lowest hanging fruit to try and push through yet another legislation that they didn't understand. But what gets me is that it doesn't matter if this bill is going to go through or not, because it's going to go through one way or another, because look at what they've just done with the working tax credits. The, the House of Parliament said no. We're not going to let you do what you want to do to propose changes. So the government just said, oh, okay, then we're going to propose a change in legislation uh, so we can put it through anyway without you. So it's like, well, what's the whole point of the system of laws? Okay, obviously everything needs to be adjusted and changed as time goes on, but it just makes a mockery of, of, of the system. And, you know, why... You know, where is this thing about Android? You know, why does it have to be, again, like an, an Apple product? Now, don't get me whoa, wrong. Whoa, I do whoa, whoa. This. Hang on, where, where did that bit come from? I didn't hear anything about Android on Twitter in what she just said. Uh, Android and iPhone. Oh, uh, uh, I thought there was the big hullabaloo. I thought this is like a precursor leading on to the big hullabaloo, basically, that because FaceTime and iMessage are encrypted end-to-end, they're basically saying either A, give us a backdoor key, or B, you can't sell a phone that uses these yeah, that, uh, mechanisms. That was a rumor going around before she said anything, but that was she goes on to say at some point that is not the case. But again, a 299 page document, there's no guarantee that they haven't put it in there, but slightly worded it different. Yeah, so this that is kind what of ties with um, with the uh, interview that Tim did the week before. Yeah, with uh, the US, where they were basically saying that the NSA won a backdoor into yeah. it and tim basically turned around and said no you're not having it this is true anyway so she wants to she goes on to um explain actually what they want mr speaker some have characterized this power as law enforcement having access to people's full web browsing histories let me be clear this is simply wrong an internet connection record is a record of the communication service that a person has used not a record of every web page they have accessed So if someone has visited a social media website, an internet connection record will only show that they accessed that site, not the particular pages they looked at or who they communicated with or what they said. It is simply the modern equivalent of an itemised phone bill. What utter rubbish. For example, right, there's no way... There's no way. If you go to a website, if your ISP detects you've gone to a website, it doesn't go, oh, Cole's gone to Amazon.com and then stop watching from that point on to see where I go in Amazon.com. They watch you every step of the way and they're going to have a record of that every step of the way and they're going to have to keep that record for 12 months. Isn't um, it in the case of, um, okay, so the government says that you've gone to, oh, I don't know, let's say you've gone to Amazon to buy fertilizer and other bomb-making stuff. They know where you've gone, so then they'll they just go to Amazon and say, okay, we see this IP hit your site at this time of day. Uh, under the under this legislation, you have to then hand out the uh, data, I don't know what it's called. They can just say, right, we want all of your analytics 
about what they did on the store when they purchased it and how they purchased it. Precisely. That's the way I'm saying. There's there's loads of things that there's, they've just glossed over. And I've granted there's a 299-page document that you have to read to get into the finer details. And that's, that's now going to be under scrutiny because that's what they've like presented today. Her, she's just t- stood up in Parliament and this is her spill that she's given to everybody who will hopefully just listen to it and go, oh, yeah, that sounds like personally, perfectly reasonable. We want to stop terrorists. We want to stop paedophiles. What could be wrong with that? Who wouldn't want to stop that? You know... Um, um, so that's the problem with it, because of most it. of those politicians that were going to vote this in are not going to sit there and read the entire bill. Politicians don't read naff all. Right? They're, they're infamous for it. But uh, they just turn up and like vote on things. It's it's a terrible state of affairs, unfortunately. There are a few MPs that do 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 diligence and they do read these things and they stand up in parliament and say blah 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 blah. And then they get shouted down. But the scariest thing for me is this is not a party thing. Both parties, you know, are on board with doing this. So if we live in a democracy, how can that be? How can you be have both sides of the part of the house be for the same thing? That's not a democracy. That's insane. Anyway, so uh, they carry on talking about uh, bulk data next. The bill will make explicit provision for all of the powers available to the security and intelligence agencies to acquire data in bulk. That will include not only bulk interception provided under the Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act and which is vital to the work of GCHQ, but also the acquisition of bulk communications data, both relating to the UK and overseas. So basically, we're going to be covering up massive amounts of data. No matter who you are, we just might not look at it. We're still going to store it anyway, and we're going to suck it all up, and we're going to take it all. Just in case we might need it at some point. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. Sounds um, a lot like Google. Well, yes, but at least they give us something for taking our data. They give us services. This is tax just credits. Insane. Now, obviously, Snow. I'm not a big fan of Snowden personally. Um, I think he's a, he's got his own agenda and he's doing things. But he's come out and said this is the worst thing in Western Europe ever. We are, you know. We have been. We will be spied on far greater than anybody else in the Western Hemisphere, which is this is kind of scary. And you have to think why, 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 why is is are we seriously this close to a terrorist attack every single day? Well, they would have you believe that. I mean, this this is the thing. It's like everything they're doing. They're saying, oh, it's the, it's for the common good. It's so we can protect you know protect us from these things happening. But I don't know. It just. What do we actually get out of it? You know, where are the tangible benefits? Where will they say, you know, has anyone ever said that, oh, thanks to the back doors and us snooping on you that we've been able to find out this, that and the other. And I, I can't recall any news story that said anything like that. Yeah, but the backstory, the, sorry, the backdoors thing is a separate issue because we don't want backdoors because the bad guys will also find the same back back doors. There's just no way to stop them because they're sneaky little blighters you know because that's what they do they're the ones that discover them in the first place so if there's if there's specifically one put in they will find it probably in about 20 seconds because if, if, if it's got to be there so simple that an mp can like issue a warrant so to speak and and get straight into this stuff then you know these hackers that do amazing things they're going to find it in a nanosecond there's a way way around it all What's that? Well, if you're a if you're a criminal, you just have to read some of the legislation or read the articles. Um, so I, the one I read, it said um, that this was going to be geared towards serious criminals. So I thought, if you if you're if you're smiling or you dress like a clown, oh, God. <laughs> perhaps no. you know you you slip under the radar. 
Now uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish off with now who gets to authorize who does all this spying on us? It's clear we need a significantly strengthened regime to govern how these powers are authorized and overseen. So we will replace the existing oversight with a powerful and powerful and independent investigatory powers commissioner. This will be a senior judge supported by a team of expert inspectors with the authority and resources to effectively and visibly hold the intelligence agencies and law enforcement to account. As now, the Secretary of State will need to be satisfied that an activity is necessary and proportionate before a warrant can be issued. But in future, the warrant will not come into force until it has been formally approved by a judge. This will place a double lock on the authorization of our most intrusive investigatory powers. In any case where it is proposed to intercept the communications of a parliamentarian, including members of this House, members of the House of Lords, UK MEPs and the members of the devolved legislators, the Prime Minister would also be consulted. So in other words, it's for everybody else apart from politicians. Yeah. Strange that. How weird. (laughs) How weird. Isn't there there a problem, though, that with all this big data, there's only one slight big problem, is that look at the amount of hacks that have gone on just recently. So even though they're saying it's like a double-locking mechanism, that's still not, you know... (laughs) Look at look at how many hacks there have been and stuff that's been leaked recently. You know, one, you know, two people saying, "Oh yes, 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 you can have that information." It doesn't matter a blind bit with how good hackers are these days. Well, yeah, and also we're told all all the time, or America's told all the time, that any kind any kind of hacking is down to China or Russia or somewhere like this. And like you know, I I found it quite funny as the whole talk talk debacle went on, and it came down to like three fifteen sixteen year olds or something. And you think, what what the t- <laughs> what's going on with the world? I mean, these are proper companies, and they're trying to protect their data. And there's multitudes of ways ways in. I mean, our data is out there. It's stored in silos, and it's being hacked all the time. I mean, you know, they don't need they don't need this um these policies because they're, they're putting these policies out there to a public us the public now and i'm thinking but you can already do all this you do all this in secret now you're it telling just us- basically means that they can do it under a white hat umbrella which then means that they can be justified for doing it instead of the way they do it currently which is done under a black hat umbrella which just means they have to do it covertly this just gives them an open hand in order to kind of be able to do it because they can just go to a judge afterwards and say, yes, yeah, so we've got all this, but we've got it legally, so give us the warrant so we I can know. do it. I mean, yeah, I know, I, I know everybody knows I'm a bit of a conspiracy nut, and it, it's a kind of worrying, the fact yeah, that... But that isn't a conspiracy basis. I know. <sighs> that is what happens. That is how it happens. So um, we, obviously, uh, most of you guys will know already, but I, I am what's called a white hat hacker. I do kind of hacking, and my background with the US military was... You know, cybersecurity, espionage, or that kind of stuff from there, uh, and encryption sets. And what I kind of do with clients is I will go in and I will pen test them. I will kind of test them for vulnerabilities and that kind of stuff. And I will do this sort of thing where I will hack that system to kind of actually see where their vulnerabilities are and then fix it and plug it and, or plug it as best you can. And the governing body in this that the government are talking about that's going to do this the cybersecurity kind of division, most of the guys there are ex-black hat hackers that they've hired because they've hacked data and they've seen them, they've gone on their radar, and they have then offered them a job on the basis that it's better if these guys work for us than be against us. Is that they've offered them a job instead of going to jail? 
Yes. Great. And it's better to have them on our books <laughs> than going than fighting against us and grabbing uh, the data. Now, speaking of Prime Minister question time, Cameron described this bill as one of the most important this House has ever discussed. Uh, well, we'll discuss. Add in, we must help the police and security and intelligence services to keep us safe. And I'm thinking us using that context means that lot in that chamber, not us lot outside that chamber. Um, the government tried to push a similar bill, the Communications Data Bill, uh, otherwise known as the Snoopers Charter, through Parliament in 2012, but it was blocked by the Lib Dems at the time. Uh, more concerning to me, however, is this stat. In January this year, YouGov published the results of a survey on the UK perception of surveillance. It found that 53% of people supported increased surveillance. The same survey found that 63% of people trusted the intelligence services to do the right thing. Only 29 of the people did not trust them to do the right thing. Um, They've been rounded up. Yes, they have. Now, Simon... Yeah, these, these, where, yeah, where was this data set collected outside the Houses of Parliament? <laughs> now, now there is currently a petition um out there um if you go to our um sorry if you go to our google plus page uh simon has rather helpfully put a petition link in it for parliament and at the moment it needs ten thousand signatures uh for the government to respond to this petition uh at ten a hundred at a hundred thousand signatures the petition will be considered for debate in parliament uh, currently, it has 388 signatures, which it basically is means that when it hits its target, it will go to it and they'll look at it and go, yeah, whatever, we're still going to do it. Maybe so. Um, now, also, Simon, uh, in our, again, in our Google+, and I think over on my Mac as well, has posted a letter because he's written a letter to his MP because he's feel most strongly about this. And he's, he's copied it there. So if you wish to sim send a similar letter to your MP, you can go over there, copy what Simon's written, adapt it to your MP and, and send it off if you so wish as well, which is kind of handy. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to, terrorists to win. I don't want paedophiles to go free. I don't want any of these things. All I'm saying is the, proposite, the things that they're suggesting will not necessarily catch these people. They will catch the average Joe doing things who then can either be blackmailed by the state. Yes, it does happen. There's lots of things that the state have blackmailed individuals into doing certain things. It's on record. Believe me, if you've got to look. And... <laughs> And uh, that's all they're going to do. You know, like they're going to check on if you put the right rubbish in your bin and things like this. It's it's nonsense. And it's, you know, we can live in a police state. We can be safe. We can give over our freedom and live in a police state if we so wish. But even that is not totally secure. Life is not totally secure. It's just the way we are. And, um, I, you know, I just don't want people looking over my shoulder and everything I do because I'm not a fish in a fish tank to be observed. Yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't. Want to look over your shoulder at everything you do? We need a ladder <laughs> as well. <laughs> Although you're saying you're not a fish, you do drink like a fish, so you are kind True. of working on that basis. Now, Gordon's just in Gordon in the chat room has just pointed a, a, a good a point in there. Now, these people who we're meant to respect, and uh, they're the ones who have all the power, and they'll be in control, and they'll be the ones you know, whiter than white and, you know, all that. He says, Plebgate was a good example of powers <laughs> stitching each other up, and absolutely true. They are, None of them are honest. None of them are honest. And we're going to entrust our, 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 our privacy to these people. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And as, as Simon says, terrorists, if they want, they already can use PD, uh, VPNs, Darknets, Tours. You know, one of my views are Tour. But... Um, there's multitudes of things. This will just catch the individual, the person who's just trying to go about their daily business and mm. and just do that. It's, it's that's the thing. The, the whole basis of this is going to be the everyday person, not the person that wants to do harm. Precisely. Because 
I guarantee most of these guys have never even heard of things like the Darknet and things like that. No. There, is a, there, is a, there is the other side of this. Is like, are the government now going to bring in new legislations to, to look after the data that they want to get access to? I mean, uh, you know, spawning it down to like the talk talk thing where, you know, talk talk, when they got hacked, they, got, they gave away everyone's credit card numbers. And their excuse was, well, the government didn't tell us we had to encrypt credit card numbers, so we didn't. I, so I, is it, are they going to bring more things in like that so we actually get looked after on those things? I can guarantee that they'll indemnify themselves. I absolutely guarantee that will happen. You will not be held account- You will not be able to hold them accountable if your data suddenly goes missing or gets left on, left on a memory stick on a bus somewhere. You watch. Oh, of course you won't. No, unfortunately. I mean, how many times has there been over the years where guys, yeah, they've just lost laptops, yeah. unencrypted laptops... <laughs> with thousands of people's data and bank account details and that kind of stuff lying around. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, well. Well, we'll see. If you want to sign a petition, uh, we'll put, like, head on over to our Google Plus page. Uh, I'll put the petition. I'll try and remember to put the petition in, in the show description as well, although my memory normally fails by the time I get to that stage of the night. So, uh if it's not there, please head over to our G Plus community or my Max G Plus community because I saw Simon posted there as well. That's uh, good stuff. Right then, again, not staying with Apple for a moment, but Cisco has bought OpenDNS. Did you know this, Barry, being a Cisco I didn't. user? This was news to me. Yeah. So if you have used OpenDNS, then you might be interested to know that they have been purchased by Cisco for a mere $635 million. In cash. In cash. <laughs> Which makes, why? Well, I don't know what it showed up on the books or something. What's that about? Um, according to the blog post written by Hilton Romansky, who leads business development at Cisco, the acquisition will extend our ability to provide customers enhanced vi- uh, visibility and threat protection from unmonitored and potentially unsecure entry points into the network and to quickly and efficiently, efficiently deploy and integrate these cap- capabilities as part of their defense architecture. Eh? Mm. Anyway. In other words, the way you used to use OpenDNS is no longer going to work. No. Um, Cisco have also indicated, they indicated, however, that they will continue to offer the free version of OpenDNS. So OpenDNS is probably quite popular amongst various techies and stuff. Either that or they're using the Google 8.8.8.81. Um, I don't know. What do we, fact, I don't a know lot of you... people actually do use OpenDNS if they have kids, because one of the things that OpenDNS will do is it will automatically block adult content. Well, will it automatically? I thought you could put that in to stop your kids from doing that. It automatically will do it. You have you. There's a bit on there that you can um, opt out of it doing it, but it automatically it will do it. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, so it's, if you go on, Mark. does open does open DNS um, for fail to the same thing that using Google's DNS server does that if you want to use a CDN. Uh, it doesn't necessarily work if you use OpenDNS or Google's DNS because it's not localized to you. Does it suffer from that? Does anyone know? I'll be honest, I've never tried. Hmm. I don't fully understand the question, Tate. <laughs> well, it's, um, so, for example, if you're pulling an Apple update, what will normally happen is if you use your ISP's DNS, yep. uh, Apple kind of knows uh, where you are and it will point your downloads to a server that's close to you whereas if you use like a generic dns like google that doesn't necessarily oh. know where you are I've, it means you go direct to the source which is probably not the fastest place for you i never use my i never use a uh, virgin's dns i always use open dns or google's one and i've never had an issue so i gotta say but then i'm on a very fast connection so nobody likes to show off about your fast broadband uh, adsl was good enough when it all started <laughs> now did you buy an iPhone 6 with only 16 gig in it? 
And if so, would you have liked to upgrade that, that, that memory afterwards? Well, some clever enterprising chaps over in China can now just pop out your 16 gigabit NAND chip and replace it with a 128 gigabit equivalent. Um, the shops in China perform the equivalent of a repair surgery on the iPhone 6, taking out the, the chips and replacing them with 128 equivalents. Like I say, at, uh, Apple actually has checks in place to prevent such tampering, which, as you can imagine, can lead to some security, stability and integrity problems. Really? Do you think? Uh, in particular, Apple checks for the serial number and other details of memory chips, not to mention the software content inside. These Chinese chop, sh- chops, <laughs> shops have stumbled upon the loopholes, which allow them to clone the contents and the serial numbers onto the new chip. For now, it also it only works on the iPhone 6. Of course, the procedure is a destructive one. Really? <laughs> uh, so there's a, think? so there's a chance of failure but for only approximately 92 dollars for a 128 gig version or 71 dollars for a 64 gig version uh, some might think the risk is worth taking uh, it might be short-lived however as it is definitely a process that apple will never approve of and will most likely close all possible exploits soon yeah the next os update that kicks in will automatically <laughs> lock this all out so mind you it is scary it is scary what people do it's very clever them finding a way of doing it however gotta say gotta say right then so let's head on over to our rumor mill shall we as soon as i find it There he is. The old sales are turning. It's been a while since we used that one. Um, so the rumour is that on no- November 11th, we are going to get, or be able to buy, the iPad Pro. Dun, dun, dun. Mark Gurman came up with this rumour, so he's normally quite good for these things uh, and release dates and such. So w- w- I'm looking at you, Matt, basically. I'm waiting for you to move an eyebrow or something, basically. Um, <laughs> anything you heard? Anything you suspect? What is... What is um, 11th don't even know what day that is uh, the day after the 10th well done you're fantastic i'm glad i have you on to tell I think me it's these next things. isn't this wednesday it's next wednesday that okay. is a very Apparently unusual we had a way of looking on our computers and finding these <laughs> I just things did. out That's it's exactly. next wednesday which seems a very weird day to release things on well when the apple tv was released on friday wasn't it yeah but this is wednesday apple normally releases about. on a friday this is wednesday yes. we're talking about so mm. that's kind of blew your argument out the water there hasn't it mark <laughs> Uh, what, well, no. Was, was right, there a point, a or, or was you just stringing words technically together? Technically, it is Friday, but because we've gone backwards an hour, technically the Wednesday is Friday. If you were to add it all up, okay. Mark's obviously stopped making sense at this point. Um, <laughs> but nobody can disprove me. Well, no one wants to. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I stand by my um, statement. I think I'm right. True. Well, anyway, November 11th, if you want to get an iPad Pro, that might be the day you have to circle in your calendar. We'll have to wait and see. It's only next week, so we'll Maybe. soon know. Maybe, Matt says. He's not He's not lifting his... Oh, he did lift his... Oh, hang on. We got... We got. We, I have confirmation. He lifted an eyebrow. <laughs> Matt lifted an eyebrow. Make of that what you will. Right then, so let's move on to our last question. All I'm going to say, if it does launch on the 11th, buy one. And buy one quickly, because they are going to sell out like nothing else. Do you else. think? Do you think they're going to be big sellers? I'm not too sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Trust okay. me. Uh, well, it's an amazing piece of kit. Tr- okay. Right. Whoa! You've totally, you've to- totally fallen off the planet there, Mark. You have to wait until we come back. Um, right then. So let's move on to this week's latch question of the week. Well, actually, last time's question of the week. Um, we were obviously talking about Apple products and their reliability and repairability and stuff. And we asked the question: How do you feel about the repairability of Apple products? Do we get nicer and sleeker devices because of the way Apple manufacture their items, or is it? 
too much of a trade-off when repairability suffers. Should the iPad be banned as it cannot be repaired or we just living in a disposable economy that allows manufacturers to update their goods much more regularly? So let's firstly check in with some of our latches. First up was Paul. So for me, repairability is not a big thing. The only concern I have is with my iMac uh, and if the, I have a hard drive failure, it is quite a sort of difficult to replace the hard drive, as you know. But it's not impossible. Across the uh, room for me is a PC that I built purely to play games. Now, I remember the days of the PC, which you could say is totally repairable. It's totally upgradable. But is it? Because... After a while, you find that the latest graphics cards will not fit the motherboards. And then you find that the latest RAM will not fit the motherboards. Then you have to replace the motherboard. But then you find that the new cases don't take, you know, or your old case don't take the new motherboards. So you can't repair it. So I think as for repairability, I think you want something that's sustainable rather than you have to keep repairing it. So there you go. That's Paul's thoughts. Uh, any comments? Mm, I agree, to be honest. <laughs> I thought you might somehow. Um, Mark, are you back yet? hope so. Go on then. Any, any comments, uh, thoughts on that response? Mm, I, I think we're at a point now where we've sort of, we're starting to come out of this rampant upgrade cycle unless you're in a certain target demographic of basically wanting to play games. That is pretty much where all of the effort, all of the R&D, and a lot of the money is made. And Apple, they're just not really interested in it. And so, you know, we've all got old equipment. I mean, me, I've probably got the oldest bit of equipment that I use on a daily basis, which is my 2009 MacBook. And all I had to do then, when it was lagging behind, was slapping an SSD. And it's like, oh, blinking hell. And I've got another year and a half of use out of it by doing the upgrade. Now, that probably isn't going to work from this point onwards because Apple have sealed everything up and they've kind of shut that door onto things. And I think that's the only, that's the only sort of grimace I have about it. But then again, are they, I would imagine that Apple are using technology now. Which, so let's go, for example, the, the new Mac, the new iMacs with the 5200 RPM hard drive. Then one's going, oh my God, the last one I had years ago was absolutely awful and shocking and rubbish, which is true. They're still not the best, but technology has moved on significantly uh, forward in that time. That They're not too bad now. It's not brilliant. But it's not as bad, I think, as the memories that we hold and latch on to. So hmm. if they can make things slimmer and, well, these days they are an appliance. I mean, let's face it, every MacBook now is really just an iPad with a keyboard and a screen in many, many respects. And if it has to be an appliance, then as long as people feel that the quality is there, that it's going to last longer than, say, your plastic Dell or Lenovo, then you know, I think people are gradually going to get used to it. Hmm. Possibly, possibly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've had obviously I had PCs for I had Macs, and they did it did come to the end of their life pretty fast. I gotta say, um, mind you, that was mainly because, like you say, games games were constantly being updated, and I needed. And let's not forget with PCs hardware. as well. Half of the software was nowhere near as optimized or had these the structure or the framework no, that, right. that that Apple does. They they always relied on 
you know, almost like um, the Android thing, which is like, the only closest relevance I've got is that, oh, it's slow now, but don't worry, the next set of um, CPUs and GPUs will make everything faster, yeah. rather than taking the Apple approach of, no, just optimize it from the start, and yeah. people will enjoy the experience. That's, that's right, yeah, and of course it wasn't, it was only recently that Apple started wanting to play games or start, gave you the opportunity to play games, really, with the App Store uh, coming along and games starting to be pushed out and the Steam as well. But, uh, yeah, they're normally pretty good specs anyway, as long as you spend a bit of money. But then, you know, you have to pay initially a lot up front. That's what rubs people up a long way, wrong way, yeah, I think, sometimes. But you get what you pay for. Indeed, probably. So let's uh, go on checking with Vince now. So in my opinion, I actually think that it's okay for Apple to reduce the repairability of these devices. Um, just based off my personal experience with Apple products, I've really not needed to repair anything. So I'd imagine that by the time that I do need to repair one of my Apple products, it's probably due for an upgrade anyways. So as long as Apple can and its manufacturers can maintain this this high level of quality with all of their products, then I actually think it's okay for it to be less repairable. There we go. Yep. I obviously touch. I obviously like touch wood after he said none of my stuff ever goes wrong because that's just inviting trouble, isn't it? When you say a statement like that, it's like saying, "Oh, we're making excellent time. There's no traffic, is there?" Oh dear. Uh, any comments on that, Barry? I, no, I'm, I, I agree with. Um, I, I agree with Vince. I think the only the only what's what's broken on for mine. So the only thing on for mine that's broken was a super drive. Mm, they're quite that, notorious. They were for yeah. breaking. My one broke as well. Yeah. But that, you know, that was replaced under um, AppleCare. <laughs> I didn't even bother replacing it. I just, I don't use CDs anymore. Who cares? <laughs> but that's just me. Um, right. Next up, we have Owen. I think you're right. I think we have to accept the higher prices for the beautiful devices that Apple gives us. They are, by and large, more dependable, more reliable, and backed up with an Apple warranty. You just have to visit any Apple store and see the queue for the Genius Bar to know that. Apple are standing behind their product. If you had a PC, you probably wouldn't even bother. You'd just be going back to Dell or ordering or building your next one. Yes, I've got to say, though, that the solar dram kind of stuck in the back of my throat. I just thought that felt, well, felt like it was going too far. But actually, when I think about it, it's just a matter of paying the extra when you're ready. And I think other people will agree. And certainly the solar dram devices I've got have been very reliable. So there you go. Yeah, genius bar, of course. I, I mean, I've had a few, um, well, not me, actually, my, my stepdad, his iMac got recalled because they had to replace the Fusion Drive. So they are obviously keeping their eye out for faults as they go along. And, you know, we have the screen, although they didn't make that public that they were doing repairs on the screens because they were chipping and, and flaking and things like that. But they, they do stand behind their products, it seems. Um, Occasionally, you'll get a new uh, a new issue arise, and they'll say, "Oh no, nothing to do with us." And then, normally, six months later, they go, "Oh yeah, okay, we'll do that." Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess it's okay. I guess it's okay. And Matt's going to agree, isn't he? Yeah. So, sorry, go on, Mark. I mean, again, it, we we always tend to look at the hardware we buy from the perspective of, "Oh, we've just bought some hardware. That's it." And you know, like Owen just said, you know, you can walk into a shop and get support. You know, I don't know of any other PC manufacturer where you could do that, uh, do, where you can do that. So it's all these little other ancillary things that add into the cost of the product, not just the hardware. Uh, you know, like, for example, you can talk to someone from Apple 24-7. You can get a call back. Uh, you know, it's not perfect, 
but it's a damn sight better than you know half of the other companies out there on the market. So I think with Apple, they they say it's an experience because it's not just about the hardware; it's how you you know the, the dealings with the company and the experience you get. Uh, you know, even well, like you said earlier, even opening up the box. You know, how nice did it feel to open up the Apple TV box and then peel away, you know, the plastic round the outside? Granted, it's all a bit stupid and all a bit frivolous, but it's still a nice experience. That's it. I tell you, from, from your statement there, I guess you've never gone to um, the tech support in a PC world, Mark. I used to work there. Oh, well, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I used I mean, to work the there. We, we had such it. stories like the broken power supply. Well, we couldn't get a PC fixed, so... We shoved a screwdriver in the power supply and then told the customer, oh, no, it's completely broken. Uh, we have to send it away and get to get you a new one. Oh, dear. Anyway, I always, I, I didn't work in one myself. I knew someone who did, and I always felt sorry for him. Not because he, his ability, it was just the limitations that they had on him at the time. It was just ridiculous. But uh, it'll drive anyone insane. Uh, right, last one we have from Vince number two. <laughs> Most seem to agree that upgradability isn't important, and I'd agree with this. I never really enjoyed pulling apart early PCs to upgrade my RAM. To be honest, I'm glad that you can specify something now that can last the test of time. Obviously, that test of time is only a couple of years, the way uh, I appear to buy new products. But there are two points I would like to make. Firstly, other things can't be upgraded. I mean, for instance, you can't buy a kettle and decide you want a faster heating element, so upgrade that. You have to go out and buy a new kettle. And nobody complains about this sort of thing. And a more complex item, such as a car, you don't buy a car, then a year down the line, decide you want to upgrade the engine. Okay, you might put a spoiler on the back or a sticker on the side, but uh, that's not really upgrading its performance. Yes, you can probably put a chip in it, but then you can overclock PCs, I suppose. But there's also another thing I'd like to mention, that iPad isn't totally non-replaceable in terms of parts. It does come in two parts. That's the iPad and the lead. And it's often the lead is the thing that breaks. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny because I've, my, my, I've had a lead from my iPhone 4, I think it was. And just this week, it started to fray and I had to throw it away. So that lasted quite a long while. But I hear other people like a few weeks and they start fraying. So again, yeah, your it's mileage. It's more to the way they fold them up. Your mileage will fare. Well, how you pull them out as well. Your, your mileage will fairy. 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 <laughs> Your mileage will fare you. Yeah, it will. It'll dress up in a nice little tutu. (laughs) Um, Right then, so let's do this week's question of the week. Here we go. Just get the app going here. Hi, this is Carl Madden from the Mac and Forth Show with this week's latched question of the week. Uh, With the release of the new Apple TV, it seems like Apple is finally taking its former hobby seriously. If you have bought one of these new devices, what are your thoughts? And are there any applications or functions that you would like to see in the little device in future updates? Please just uh, give us a latched and we'll play it on next week's show. Thank you very much. So there you go. If you want to join our latched question of the week, please head on over to the App Store and seek out latched app. Download it, create an account, uh, and then search for the Mac and Forth question of the week. This will be episode number 77, and you can join in the conversation and uh, respond to our question and hopefully be on next week's show. We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's great that we have some regulars that do do a latched every week, but some new voices would be fantastic as well. So please come and join us on our latched question of the week. It's some good interaction that you can do with the show. So let's move on to this week's Worth a Tweet. Gonna get that damn bird one week, I tell you. Um, Matt, have you got one for us or two? Actually, I see. 
I've actually got two in there, but before we go any further, going in the chat room, apparently the chat room wants Alex to have a fanboy alert. Why is that? Because he's praising Apple so much. Is he? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, but it's no good for... I, I will... Um, <laughs> I can't believe they... Okay, here we go. Fanboy alert. Fanboy alert. Fanboy alert. Now, of course, it's no good. I need Alex to actually be on the show to give him a fanboy alert, because then hell would have frozen over for real. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I lost track completely now. What I was saying, it's your worth a tweet. So, yes, so my worth a tweet. Uh, right, so yeah, I've got two in here. Uh, the first one is something called Exif Untrasher. Now, basically, what this is, it's a free application that you can download, and obviously, there's links that we'll have on the uh, the podcast from there. And if you've got SD cards, what this unit will do if We've probably all done it. I know I have, where I've had a load of pictures and that kind of stuff that's went on an SD card. I've kind of imported on my computer, thought they were all in, all done, trashed the card, and just kind of cleared everything out, and then suddenly realized, no, I missed a few. Now, this actual piece of software, you fire it up, plug the card back in, and it tries to restore the actual pictures on the card. So doesn't always work. doesn't always grab everything. But I've had some good success with it. And for a free app, it's certainly worth downloading and just having in your arsenal if you need it and just using it just for that occasional time when you suddenly think, where is that picture? I remember seeing it on a card mm-hmm. and I've got a feeling I might have killed it. I might have actually trashed it already. So nice little thing just to kind of have on your computer and just use if you ever need it. And it's free, and isn't it? Completely free. It doesn't just do SD cards, actually, to be honest. It will all do, do other drives and that kind of stuff but it's designed more for pictures. Alex says it will work if you haven't zeroed the card or written over it. Yeah. Hmm. What's zeroed mean? Uh, well, you reformat it into zeros to kind of actually rewrite the uh, clear uh, data out completely. Got you, got you. Okay, just checking. So if you've just kind of gone into and just trashed the actual, <laughs> uh, the, what's in the card, because it holds the residual data of kind of the, you know, the catalogue filing and everything that's there. Hmm. So it, it basically uses that to kind of try and rebuild it. Okay, cool stuff. And your other one, sir? And the other one, is, this one is a bit more expensive than the I last one. I can't believe this one. This is basically called the Dash, and it's true wireless Bluetooth headphones. So what these are, they're, it's on pre-order at the moment at 300 euros, and they are Bluetooth <laughs> sorry? headphones. Sorry, for a moment there, I thought you said 300 euros. Yes. Oh, my so, God. Well, 299 euros. And these basically, they go into your ear. There's no wires. There's no cabling or anything like that. They literally are just two little units that go in like, in essence, like little kind of actual um, people that go in deaf, what they're called. Um, um, what? Someone that's going deaf. They have something in their ear. Uh, hearing aid. Hearing aid. There we go. <laughs> so, Do you know, they, uh, a smile come on Barry's <laughs> face as he knew the answer. And I watched him wait to make you suffer before he answered you. <laughs> I was waiting for it coming to my head. I knew the word and I could not follow the finger of the life of me. But I, yeah, I, so held off. I held off and I held off and I thought we ain't going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so you have one going into each ear and no wires, anything like that. And from everything I've read on them so far, from the testing they've done everything, they sound amazing. And it finally means that you can have Bluetooth headphones without any wires. But- See, I look at these, right, and the instant it came up when you put the link in, I thought, I'd lose one. I'd lose one of these. I can't even, like, keep hold of a normal 
wired earphone thing. How am I going to one night? Well, they out come in, in the case as well. That when you're not using, they go in, oh, and when put... they go in the case, they recharge. Oh, do they? Yeah, the, the case recharges them. You can what? either plug it in, or you can run on mattress on the case. They do look a bit. They do look kind of cool. I got. I got to wonder what sort of power they can push out though. Um, they do look very, very tiny. Well, from testing and from oh, look, you know, for, for twenty quid, of... for twenty quid you can get twenty dollars. You can get um, a cable that connects them, so basically turns them into normal headphones, <laughs> which turns them into kind of normal Bluetooth headphones, like the, like the ones I've already got. So to do that, to actually me, costs suppose... more money. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I'm so up for these. So I've, I've actually put in an order for these already. I've done my pre-order on these. Oh my uh, god! They're looking at being released. Uh, it should be at the end of this year. Okay, sir. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing you crying as you lose one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, Mark, have you, are you there? And have you got one for us, sir? Yes, I have. Now, it's, this is more of a first look than having a, a time to actually have a review on them. It's a woodback snap case for your iPhone 6, 4, 5, 6S, etc., etc. And it's a iPhone case, and I'll read what it says on the website here, crafted from sustainably sourced wood and lightweight polycarbonate. The woodback case is a beautiful blend of technology and natural wood game designed to protect your iPhone 6 or 6S. So basically, you know you get these iPhone cases, Cases, they all look really cheap or nasty or you've got the what's the name of the one that just goes around the outside bumper. of the bumper the, the bumper it's sort of like that but with a nice wooden veneer but not veneer a nice wooden background um to it and unlike matt's pick it's incredibly pocket friendly as well and, and you'll be doing a bit for the environment and these are only these are coming in at 16 99 and there's two four six eight ten twelve fourteen eighteen colors uh you can choose from and it's from a british company here in the uk it's not a pre-order and when you can order it you'll actually get it and the website is cover-up.com get wood fantastic anyway no one's okay nothing (laughs) right um barry have you got a a worth a tweet for us thank you very much for that mark sorry mate I, i was looking at the looking at the cover up Sorry, they look really nice. Interesting. Yeah, and it, it, well, it, it's got all these things like it was all eco credentials, and you know, all the wood is properly treated, and it does. You know, the wood does sort of. You know, obviously, we all have like greasy hands and stuff like that. But looking at it, they seem to have treated the wood enough so that you know, when you do get like a sweaty hand, if you've got like a leather case, it sort of more ages it than makes it look tatty or scuffed or anything. And it's really, really light as well. I mean, I actually think. The packaging is probably lighter, um, probably is just as heavy as the case. Like I say, it's only a first look. haven't had much time to put it through its paces. Um, but yeah, cover-up.com is my recommendation this week. They are quite nice, but I would say they are pretty much a rip-off from a US company called Woodchuck USA. Yeah, it's like every song is always had a note played, isn't it? It's like, yes, you could buy it from the UK and you'll then have to wait for shipping and delivery, maybe the taxes and stuff like that. And, you know, there are, there are loads and loads of wooden style cases going around. But what really got, uh, what I really liked about these, you know, they're a, you know, they're a British company. They're not too far down the road for me. They're only now, three hours away. Now, Matt, you remember what happened last time you had a go at one of Mark's picks? <laughs> the actual person right. came on the show. I'm going to text him out <laughs> and say, do you fancy coming on the Mac and Forth show? But once again, one of my co-hosts, my colleagues, <laughs> has rubbished the product and say, oh, that's a bit crap. 
I don't see the I'm point. I'm not saying that. it's crap. I'm just saying they have kind of ripped off a company that I've actually spoken. I've like, played as a pick. It's like on the, uh, it's a real Bluetooth headphones. This is what post to what a fake Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> Barry, real can, Bluetooth. Barry, real can you radio? Can you rescue us from this, sir? What's your pick? My pick is, of course, oh, well my 27-inch uh, 5K God. iMac lump so. of loveliness. <laughs> lump of loveliness. <laughs> lump of loveliness. Yeah, that's what he's named it. Yep. Oh, dear. Well, no, fair enough, sir. Um, I'm sure I put a link to Apple on it. I don't have to get any kickbacks <laughs> for that one, but you never know. Put, put a link to my tribute site, lumpofloveliness.com. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I've got two picks as well my, myself this week. Obviously, first one is Plex for the Apple TV 4. I can't give you a link. You're just going to have to search for it, I'm afraid. And the second pick is the Steel Series Nimbus Wireless Gaming Controller. I think it's about 45 quid. I know that's a bit excessive when you compare it to um, an Xbox One or an Xbox controller or a PS con- uh, controller, but I guess they don't plan to sell that many of them, so they can't bulk it at price. I'll price it for bulk, I mean. Um but it really does turn playing games on the Apple TV into something rather special and much more fun as well than just using the remote. So like I say, I was playing some racing games and I just get uh, tracks that were giving me trouble on the actual iOS devices. I just flew through them and I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I've got fantastic times and had a fun experience as well. Uh, very easy to set up. Uh, they charge, charge with um, a Bluetooth, uh, sorry, a lightning cable. Um, so you just whack them onto your your lightning cable, and I don't have no idea how long the charge lasts, but the bar the the first light hasn't even gone off, and I've been using them quite constantly as well. Fantastic! So that's still series Nimbus wireless gaming controller, and as always, all these links will be in the show description, so you can go and use them if you so wish. Carl, right. on the game controller, have you have you found any games yet that? haven't picked it up yet because i know there was one of the things wasn't there where some of the games wouldn't actually yeah so uh, the, pick only, up controller sets. the only one I, I initially was quite disappointed as at was fire in the galaxy fire of the galaxy that one i forgot right. what the, and i thought my god how can this not have controller uh, a controller some some controller options and now i actually played the game with the apple remote and it's amazing. It's this. It's hard to describe because you just hold the remote in a relaxed position and it calibrates on that. And then just by simply turning this around, like moving it around like that and pressing the buttons, is you you have total control of your ship. It is. It works so well. And I'm kind of glad it hasn't got the controller now option for it because the remote option is just. They've done it so well in that one particular game. Um, but as I say, in the racing games, you can also. On a racing games, you normally have to turn the, this, this little Apple remote thing on its side, and you sort of steer like this by going up, turning it like left up and down. Uh, not the best way to play a racing game, but the controller makes it so much more fun. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's one thing I haven't tried yet is the actual gaming side of it. I'm not a big kind of gamer. You can, of course, you don't have to get this one. Any sort of Bluetooth uh, made for iOS controller will work for it. It's, that's just the one I went for. Right then, so let's move over to reviews this week, shall we? Well... Now, I know we've been away, and that may be why. But we got no reviews this week, unfortunately, or none I could find. Here it comes. No, no, it's not. I was, I was too early. Here it comes. There we go. So, um, yes, so if you'd like to send us a review, we'd love to hear from you. Just please pop over to iTunes, search out Mac and Forth, and give us a review. We'd love to get some stars from you or some feedback. 
if you're not going to latch us, then please give some reviews. And if you're not going to latch us or give some reviews, please watch out for when we uh, post the show on Twitter. And if you could just retweet the uh, message, that would be wonderful as well. Now, we haven't got a review this week, but we have a question. So we have a question from our listener, John, who has decided to go from PCs to Mac. So this is for you, really, Matt, this question. Um, So he he says, so on to my question. I'm about to become a turncoat and come over to the Apple side, but is the i7-6600 really worth the £200 upgrade cost over the i5-6500? The i7 is far better at video editing and encoding, but I'll spend 90% of my time in Photoshop. Some of the i5 stats even suggest that it's a bit better than the i7 for this. And then he gives us a link to um, a review of that particular fact um i've also decided that bumping the ram up to 72 uh, 32 gig fire crucial combined with selecting of the 512 ssd will make this the biggest difference to my work and i7 would be nice but is it just a vanity purchase over to you and the team matt what do you reckon okay um i would say if you can afford to go for the i7 do it um but I've, i've always said that with people you know yes the i5 will actually do it perfectly well and if Photoshop is going to be the main thing you're using it for, then it's going to use the RAM a lot more than it's going to use the actual, whether it's an i5 or an i7. So it will actually work either way. Um, especially if you're using the new CC version of Photoshop, because that's very, very uh, RAM heavy. And the, the amount of RAM you have, it will max it to it. Um, so I would say, yeah, if you could afford to go for the i7, do it, because you will see a slight difference, depending really what you're using it for and how you're actually integrating it. Um, But no, the i5 is perfectly fine. Um, So yeah, definitely, I would say if you can afford it, go for the i7. But if you'd rather save the 200 and use that to actually buy more RAM, then I would say go for the RAM. Mm. Okay, good stuff. Well, there you go, John. Hopefully that's informed your decision of what you'll be doing, or you just basically ignore what Matt says and do whatever you want, as I would suggest, really. But (laughs) that's just me. Um, We've also got a pick from our chat room. Uh, from Simon, and I've lost it now, Slaptop Remote Access to Your Mac. So this looks like it's something very similar to um, go to my, was it, what's the... Um, it's like AID, Apple Remote Desktop kind of thing. Yeah, so um, he obviously enjoys it a lot. I'm not quite sure, I'm not personally sure about anything, but I'll put the link, as always, in the show description, so you can head on over and check that out as well. Right then, so all that's left is where can you get hold of us? Well, as usual, the best place probably is our Google Plus community. Head on over there. You'll find the uh, link to the petition there and also Simon's angry letter to his MP over there. Or you can also check out our Facebook page if you so wish. Give us a like over on Facebook. We'd love to have some likes. If you want to email the show, macandforth at gmail.com. Twitter at macandforth. And our website is macandforth.com. We're also available on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. Now, I hate to say it, everybody, but Christmas is approaching. Six Fridays. Yeah, that's scary. Now... God, he has to quantify it with a time period. He couldn't just leave it be and say, oh, Christmas is coming. <laughs> oh, no, it's 54 sleeps. We were, uh, Interesting, well, to me, fact is that our local shop has a sign that I drive past every day that's been counting down Christmas since day 88. Nice. Now, the reason I said this anyway is because if you go over and use our Amazon Associates link on our website, anything you buy from Amazon, be it 
gifts or, or stuff for yourself, we get a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of a kickback. And it's not much, but it's, it, it covers a, a, the minute cost of hosting that we have for this show. Um, I'm quite happy to suck up the cost. I'm not asking you for money any other shape, way or form. I'm not asking you for money this time, really. All I want you to do is use our link. Beer. Send us beer. <laughs> yes, hopefully it will allow us to go for a, a, a pint at Christmas. Yeah, there you go. You wouldn't begrudge us a pint at Christmas, would you? So if you use our Amazon's associate link on macandforth.com and then browse anywhere from there on our Amazon, we'll get a kickback on anything you buy. Um, so it's a nice way to show your support for the show uh, without costing you a penny. It's wonderful. We, we really love it if you'd go head on over there and use our portal to get into Amazon. You'd be greatly appreciated. So that's it, really. So until next week, we're going to find out where we can get hold of all the, the fine young men that joined us this week. First up, Matt, where can we help you, sir? Sorry, you said fine young men. Yeah, I know. They can't see you, um, see? They don't know what you look like. They're, they're oblivious. Well, it's if they came of- along to one of our Mac and Forth drinking get-togethers, then they could meet us, actually, in the flesh. But will they survive? <laughs> Well, the guys that have come so far have them. Well, I don't know. We've never heard from them again. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> um, yeah. So best place to get hard on myself is going to be on Twitter. And it's at MustangMat69. Good stuff. Barry. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well at Womblefoot. Good stuff. Mark. On the Twitter at Ocean Speed via the website essentialmac.co.uk, which should be moving soon. And there will be a Rampant Mumblings podcast released this week, I promise, which you can subscribe to on iTunes or any other platform that will let me shill myself onto there. Oh, good stuff. Uh, my name's Carl Matt, and you get hold of me on Twitter at Claw0101. Now, we're going to be back next week. Hopefully, now hopefully, we can have some good news about Mac and Forth and the Apple TV. Because one of our wonderful listeners, Carl Proctor, is currently working on a top secret project. Um, and hopefully we'll have some more news about that very soon. But um, we'll see. Free Apple TVs all around. <laughs> Free Apple TV for everybody. <laughs> so, so until next week, stay safe and be nice to each other. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Ta-da.